Good morning, Jade, and welcome to the Local Paleo Show. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Thank you for coming. And um, Mark, good morning. How are you? Wonderful, as usual. No point being anything else. Mm. No, besides nobody would listen. This is very true. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jade, you are the co-founder of the Fat-Fueled Mafia. Mm -hmm. I want to be part of that mafia in well, Austin. And, and uh, you're also concerned about epilepsy issues. And we'll talk more about this uh, pretty soon. Mm -hmm. um, concerning your background, can you tell us your personal story? Sure. Um, I'll try to condense it. It's, it's a long one. <laughs> so mm. basically, when I was seven and a half, I had my first seizure and I was diagnosed at eight uh, with epilepsy. I basically, they had a brain, they did a brain biopsy that determined that I had a scar on the left temporal lobe of my brain, which was caused from the umbilical cord being wrapped around my neck at birth. And I've lived basically 31 years with epilepsy. And during that time, I started out doing medication as my form of treatment. And so over the first 28 years of my diagnosis, I was on anywhere from two to three meds. And I've been on a max of about 10 different types. And I've gone many times uh, seizure free for periods of time, but I struggled a lot with the side effects of the medication and the fact that the scar is on my temporal lobe and it affects certain behaviors and things like that. And then one of my latest medication changes made me really sick. And that was about three years ago. And I lost a ton of weight and got really, really unhealthy. And I decided that I would try the ketogenic diet. And basically that was three years ago and the choice to do that. The only thing I wish I could have done was done it sooner yeah. because today I'm seizure free. I'm on, I'm still on some meds, but I've been titrating off uh, actually every couple months and it's, it's been great. I mean, I work in the health and wellness field. I've been a massage therapist for 12 years and now I help educate people about the ketogenic diet and its uses. And I also am a community health educator. So I spend a lot of time talking about self-care and connecting communities. And that's where the Fat Fuel Mafia came in. Hmm. Uh, social media is great, but I love connecting with people out in the world. And um, right community is huge for me. So that's a bit of my story. There's so much more to it, but that's, that's basically yeah. the <laughs> I can, and can tell you a personal, personable person from our pre-interview talk. <laughs> um, uh, I, if I may, I would like to address a, the issue of the stigma around epilepsy. Uh, a lot of people are scared of it. A lot of people um, tend to, I've, I've actually seen an attack happen um, to someone else in the middle of a restaurant and the person that was with that person knew exactly what to do. Everybody else kind of like almost ran away. It was almost like a, some kind of a disease that people were afraid to catch. Can you address the issue of uh, 
of that? Yeah. Um, so probably, I don't know what kind of seizure you saw, but it, it's what most, probably what most people think when they think of seizures and epilepsy, a convulsive seizure, but yes. seizures come in all forms, but mm -hmm. the stigma around it is that there's a huge factor. I think with individuals when we're diagnosed, it's, it becomes something you want to keep a secret because it's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. um, I've always been pretty open about it, but there have been times when I've decided to not share it because of how people react. Mm. It's, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, oh, that must be awful. And it's tough, but I think in relation to stigma and the community and society, I think there's just not enough education on it. And the fact that it's epilepsy is such a broad term, there's so many different types of seizures and how it affects people that it's hard to really educate it, educate people well on it. But I think the more people that speak up about it, that actually live with it, the, the more we can bring it into the mainstream and into the light and it becomes something acceptable like cancer, right. you know, but well, if we're always in the dark about it and not hmm. wanting to share it, that that's why there's a stigma. Yeah. So your mission is to educate people. Yeah, my mission is to educate people about n finding their own new normal, basically, or their own healing path, whatever it is, whether it is through food or medication or whatever it is. There's all different mm -hmm. ways um, to do it, but to, I don't want anybody with a diagnosis just simply to give up and to accept that as the end. I just no, see no. a different beginning. Yeah, no, I mean, I could see where you should not, if not be proud of it, but at least um, ex um, assume it and not being uh, ashamed of it. Um, what I was referring mostly was educating the other side, that is the people that are afraid of it. Yeah. Yes, I think. And I, I from my personal experience, I haven't, I've dealt with different forms of discrimination around it or judgment, but not to the degree I've heard from some people. Um, it's some of the things I have heard, I'm, I'm just completely floored. And it basically boils down, you're right, to, to education. Mm -hmm. And there are different organizations that could be doing more. And, and, I, and I work with different people who are doing really great things on social media, trying to educate people. But I think it's just a really hard thing. We talk about how, right. how do you make how do you make epilepsy cool? <laughs> Some right, people right. want to know about it, right? You know, the worst part of that event, in my case, was the fact I didn't know what to do. And that's probably one thing that you should, um, you know, the same way as they have uh, the Red Cross is teaching how to resuscitate someone. Maybe you should have classes that shows how and, to handle an epilepsy do. attack. They do? They do. Okay. They do. Basically, if you saw someone, so, okay, what I hear you say is, I, I wish I'd known what I, I could do. Mm -hmm. Basically, if someone was having a convulsive seizure and they were laying on the ground, you'd want yes. to roll them on their side, put okay. uh, like something underneath them, a pillow, a jacket, because if they're convulsing, they may hit their head. Um, and also after the seizure, if it's a convulsive type seizure, the body will relax. And what happens is people think you swallow your tongue, 
But what happens is the tongue becomes relaxed and falls on the airway, making it hard to breathe. So basically, if you roll someone on their side, that allows the tongue to fall off to the side. It also allows the body, the, uh, if you're drooling a lot, not choking mm. on it, it'll, it'll drain out. Mm. If someone were to have a different seizure where they just look confused and they're wandering around, you just kind of follow them and guide them and you make sure there's nothing in the way that could hurt them. Mm. That, that's, but, that's basically um, the safety for epilepsy, if you, if you right. saw that. But if you're know, following that reasoning, if um, you're a stranger and you don't know that person and knowing how Americans are very aware of the safe space, how do you approach someone you don't know that is having an attack without being perceived as, um, you know, uh, I don't know, touching him or, or so, it, it, you know, it's always very tricky. Um, it, in some situation like this, when you don't know what to do and you're afraid to do something that could turn bad, how do we handle that? I mean, when it comes to being safe space, I get that and respecting people's spaces, but if they're laying on the ground and convulsing, they can't respond. They can't tell you what right. they need. And really, right. you're just scared. They're scared. Mm -hmm. And right. yes, when someone comes out of a seizure, uh, some people, depending on the types of seizures, because everything is different, but they may not even remember their own name and they will be scared. Mm -hmm. So just reassuring mm -hmm. someone. Right. Personally, I wouldn't worry so much about whether you're invading their space because you're doing something to help them that they yeah, can't right. control yeah. and mm. that they, they need help. And mm. they'll, most people, I have always been thankful to the people that have helped me when right. I've had one because right, right. your body just takes over and it does what it wants. Yeah. Right. But in the case of a light seizure where someone might just, appear to you know go away somewhere and, and and you don't know that person how do you if you're not a personal friend or or you know a companion or something how does a stranger help someone in that case well if they're just having like a petite mall or just blanking out if if they're not hurting themselves most people sometimes you wouldn't even know they were having a seizure but if you did and they, you look, if you saw someone and they looked, it doesn't matter if they're having a seizure or not. They, something seems off. Simply saying, are you okay? Mm -hmm. is nice enough. You don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Is everything okay? If they say they're fine, then that's where you have to respect people's face. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. All right. Moving along. How did you discover the keto diet? Um, actually, it was my little sister. I had, uh, I'd always known about it, but a lot of the research and studies over the years of growing up had pushed it for just simply pediatrics, not for adults. Oh, really? And I was on the phone with my sister one day, and this was when I was on this new medication, and um, I was crying, and she just said, well, why don't you look into the ketogenic diet? So I did, and and it was the best thing I ever did. So she was the one that um, led me to it, basically. And then I just kind of do what I did best. And that was educating and going, immersing myself into it and realizing mm -hmm. it was more than just a diet. It literally was a life-changing experience. Right, right. 
Thank you. For our listeners that are not familiar with this diet, can you uh, give us the short version and explain it? Yeah. So there are many different types um, of ketogenic diet and approaches, but for what I do, it's, it's more of a therapeutic approach. So it's a low carb, high fat, moderate protein diet. So that's basically we, we use ketones or fat as our main fuel source, not glucose, like the standard American diet. Hmm. Right. I can elaborate more on that a little bit if you want, but that's yes, basically please. the gist of yes, it. Please. Oh, okay. please, please. Um, so a lot of research right now will show a lot of people doing it for weight loss and they'll do different cheat days, but typically someone doing the ketogenic diet, most of their nutrition or percentage is 70 to 80% fat and the rest is evened out with the carbs. Um, there's right. also a modified Atkins approach that people for epilepsy use as well. So that's kind of. Okay, okay. So when you say high fat, can you, uh, what kind of fats and a typical daily intake would be what? Yeah, um, okay. So most mornings I will have coffee or tea with about a quarter cup of heavy cream in it. And mm. I will add a tablespoon of MCT oil. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, and I blend that up and um, I also like to put a scoop of vital uh, uh, proteins, they're collagen peptides and so I get a little protein with that. Sometimes um, another good meal is a, a fatty uh, piece of cut of meat um, and vegetables uh, cooked in either olive oil or butter mm. and then um, fatty that, fish. Would be, that would be my carbs. What? Fatty fish as well, right? Yeah, I'll do salmon sometimes. I mean, where I live right now, I'm not real a big fan of the, we're not near the ocean, so I don't tend to. Uh, yeah, actually, they just, Central Market just received fresh, never frozen salmon from Alaska. Ooh. Yeah, but wow. it's not cheap. It's $60 a pound. $60 <laughs> a pound. No, I don't want to get that. <laughs> 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 so but I also it's... need a lot of avocados and yes. um, to get the, the, my, my fats in. So that's kind of basically a meal, something small like um, a carb. Uh, like my carbs are all from vegetables and right. then a nice fatty cut of meat that goes with it. And usually I, I like to make dressings a lot, fatty-based mm -hmm. dressings. So I'll eat. That's kind of so uh, you, are, you, are you avoiding um, certain fruits, for example? So when I first started doing keto, I still did uh, about a quarter cup of blueberries or raspberries in my morning with some heavy cream. But now I don't even like fruit. I know that no? sounds like the saddest thing. My. But the other day, my sister had a slice of strawberry, so I tasted it. And what's, what's happened is it's changed my palate completely. So the, the fruit is it's like a thousand times sweeter. Mm. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, now, I'm sure you're aware that even to this day, fat is um, four-letter words. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how, I mean, I see this all the time. I, I don't know if you know, but I'm also a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. um, I, see, I hear that all the time. Oliver, you know, I explained what a paleo diet, because I'm not on keto, but a paleo diet. 
mm-hmm. and and the people are like oh you eat so much fat and fat is bad for you and i said no it's not as long as it's like people there's good people and bad people there's good fats and bad fats if you mm-hmm. choose your fat correctly it's actually good for you but they still want they want allow it they won't accept it they, they just for them fat is just absolutely unacceptable so how do you imagine there's a listener out there that is having trouble with epilepsy and they were told all their life that fat is bad for them how do you convince them that fat is good for them i the best way is to share my story and and but when i started the I actually was petrified I was going to get fat because mm. the saying goes, fat makes you fat, right? Mm. Um, and I, I can only say, just try it. If that's your biggest fear, then just give it a few months and it mm. kind of proves wrong. And the other thing is, is to simply say, it can be bad if you're taking in a ton of carbs on top of it. So if you're taking in a bunch of fat and a bunch of carbs, that's going to do a disservice to the body. It can't do both. So that's one thing I would say if you're going to, you know, I can't change how people, it only takes time. I would have, I would hand them books and research papers and talk from experience. But when you, it's been ingrained in us in this country, that fat is evil. It's very hard to break something like that. And I think yeah. it takes an own, your own personal journey and educating yourself to, to break that. So all okay. I know is fat makes me function so much better and my brain feels better and I have seizure control and it works and I'm, and I, and I haven't gotten fat. So right. <laughs> there right. you go in three years. Well, we're not seeing the bottom part of you. So we don't know yet. That dude <laughs> Sorry. It's an insult. <laughs> Oops, oops, I did it again. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't take so, you anywhere, can I, Alan? <laughs> no. <laughs> Except twice, may, the second time. Okay, yeah. I'll pay you $50 if you take that one out. <laughs> <laughs> no, leave it in, it's okay. Okay, <laughs> okay, <not>. so <laughs> to be... <laughs> I'm trying to get serious again. Uh, okay. To be more specific... <laughs> No, no, you're not helping. Okay. Okay. Your fault, Let's put our serious faces on. Okay. Yeah, put a tape over your. Um, okay. Um, to be specific, because I guess we need to do that. Mm-hmm. Can you? Ex- can you um, <sighs> differentiate the the good fats and the bad fats? You know, explain what the good fat is, what they are, and what the bad fats are. Okay, so the one best thing I describe because because I, I am I am not a dietitian. What I do know is animal-based fats are healthier for us. It's the plant-based fats that we need to be concerned about, like sunflower oil, canola oil, those things. And I I'm not um, I can't give as much information. I'm not sure what you're looking for, other than okay, that's okay. what I tell Let people. Me- let me help then um, yeah, for me for me because uh, you know again it's um, calling certain fats bad names is not helping so in in uh, 
you know, uh, making a blanket statement that vegetable fats are bad is also not entirely accurate because avocado fat is good, uh, olive, olive oil, oil is good. good, coconut is good. It's good. So all these are good fats. And then, of course, to, to add to that, um, grass-fed butter. Yes. Right? And uh, even lard. Yeah. You know, if, as long as it's coming from a clean source. Exactly. The basically, if you were to break it down and make it simpler, is the less processed it is, the better it is. Right. At least right. that's so, how that's how I lead or, or live my life and practice yeah, right. my keto. The cleaner right. it is and the less processed it is, that and that one that, that means fats because I do plenty of coconut um, oil and plenty of um, olive oil, but I don't do anything that needs to be processed. Yeah. So extra virgin olive oil, um, you know, certified organic as yep. much as possible. Uh, ghee is acceptable as well, also yes. organic. Um, on the on the dark side of thing, uh, typically your <clears throat> your highly processed vegetables, corn, soy, etc., are not good. Uh, any kind of uh, oil that becomes that comes in the plastic bottles automatically is a big no no. Yes. Um, and then, of course, the um, hydrogen fats, the Crisco, and all these kind of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, those are unacceptable. They are yeah. being now proven to be bad for you. So that's what I was trying to explain the difference between the good fats and the bad fats, because you can't make a blanket statement, say, uh, all fats are bad or all fats are good. You need to differentiate and, and explain to people, yes, in like in everywhere in the world, there's good fats and bad fats the same way as there's good people and bad people. So, um, and I think we're, we're trying to let people know the difference so they don't just go blindly into uh, using bad fats and thinking it's good for them. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, of course, uh, the answer seems to be obvious because you already addressed it, but how has uh, the keto diet improved your health? Well, it's allowed, it's, a, it's given me seizure control. It's allowed me to come off some of my medications so far. It's improved my cognitive um, thinking. It's, it's balanced my weight. So that's been a, a nice thing too. People like hearing that. I don't feel the side effects that I had as much with the medications. Um, I don't feel myself needing to sleep near as much. I, I have a lot more energy and everything feels more consistent and even emotionally. And my response to things, I can process things better. I, I can multitask better. All of those things that I think were masked or had, I had trouble doing with, um, with the amount of medication I had on board with me. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, another thing we should mention is that our brain is made out of about 70% 70, 70 fat. Yeah. So the quality of the fat is very important for the quality of the <clears throat> the connection in our brain. So another thing too that we forgot to mention is that typically omega six fatty acids mm -hmm. are inflammatory, mm -hmm. and we should focus more on omega three fatty acids. Right. Mm -hmm. yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So you um, you wrote an ebook, my keto toolkit. Mm -hmm. begin your journey. Can you show us the cover? Yeah, I can show you the cover. So this is the cover of the book. And basically, 
it's covering all the tricks and tips I have kind of learned over my own journey and answering a lot of the questions I get asked all the time. Like, how do I eat out with friends? What are good fats? What are the fats you like to eat? What do I grocery shop? Uh, it basically is a little packet of all the information to kind of get started or also to learn some tricks to maybe add in um, to your own practice of keto or low carb. Okay. And um, if people are interested, they can buy this book on your website. Is that um, right? Yeah, you can actually go to my website at jadenelson.net and click on the shop button, or you can search just my name, Jade Nelson on Amazon and it will pop up. So okay. that's where people can definitely get it. And it's uh, it's two hundred dollars, right? It's totally two hundred dollars. No, four ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth at least two hundred dollars, but we don't have to pay it. It's a life experience of two hundred dollars. <laughs> but there's the today's special is four ninety nine. Yes, today's special okay. is four ninety nine. <laughs> okay, only for people listening to the show. <laughs> hey, that's four that I didn't have looking at my book before. <laughs> oh, we've got one extra. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, about your service, uh, I understand you also help clients, uh, guide them, counsel them. Uh, how? What kind of services do you offer? So I do offer massage therapy here in Austin, and I also do a lot of online stuff um, where I do what are like guru sessions, I call them. It's when people can ask, they get 30 minutes of my time to ask me anything revolving around their health or wellness, specifically sometimes to epilepsy and keto. It's just kind of answering questions. I also do some coaching type sessions where I help people. Basically what I'm good at is helping people build healthcare plans right. or build a, a way to fit making lifestyle changes into their life easy where it's not difficult. So I do a lot of talking about self-care and nutrition is a small piece of it, but it's also a part of it. And we talk about self-care, wellness, how to fit in stuff so it works into your life. So I do a few of those different types of services with people. So, so you use like uh, Skype or something like this? Yeah, or? I do. I do. I use um, Skype or we just do phone call, whatever's convenient for people. So I mm -hmm. do that kind of stuff and I can build them up a plan and provide them with the information to basically start them on their own journey because I'm very big on empowering people to take responsibility of their own health, not for someone right. to do it for you, yeah. but to show you and guide you. I even do um, locally, I will go to people's homes and basically teach them how to cook keto, but also, and also teach them how to make it uh, to do keto prep or organize it. So sticking to the diet or the lifestyle they choose, whether it is a paleo or not, it makes it easier how to do it easily. So it's not, this thing you're really having to fight to, to force into your life. So. Okay, I'll sign up for class. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'll come quick how much, with you. How much do you charge to, uh, to come to people's house? To um... So I usually do about 45 an hour. Um, so right. we cook together right. and we, it's like a, it's a very much a teaching session with people. Mm -hmm. I'm, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I can cook for people but I really want to empower them to want to do it themselves. Yes, yeah. right. So. And that's something you should, we should address too, uh, which we've done in the past uh, shows as well, is that 
we need to encourage people to take over or to take control of their own health and stop yes. giving it away to the doctors mm -hmm. and uh, you know that could barely spend 10 minutes with you uh, looking at the clipboard or now it's a tablet and then uh, you know it, it's we need to regain control of our own health we need to be aware of our health issues we need to uh, stand up to the doctor and say no that doesn't feel right or you know do you have an alternative um, it's just a few weeks ago and an example of that I was uh, I was tested for potential um, melanoma on my leg and uh, it turned out to be negative but um, they wanted put, to put on my because they they took a slice basically of skin they want to put some petroleum jelly on top of it and say, no, no, that is not acceptable. I will not put a petrol on my skin. It's, mm -hmm. it's poisonous. So what, you know, and, and he stopped in his track. He was like, no, I just don't want that stuff on my, on my skin. And I, I asked him what are the alternatives? And we finally agreed that olive oil was acceptable, mm -hmm. you know, as a way to keep the, the wound, um, moist but healing at the same time so that's something that i know we have been trained unfortunately to see the doctors as gods and they do have the knowledge but they don't know you they don't know your particular case and who better than yourself know about yourself you know a lot of people have i've heard a lot of comments about um especially women that complain that the doctors are talking down to them because they're the doctor and it must be in your head, right? Kind of thing, mm -hmm. which in your case is true. Yeah, it's in my head. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you know what? You need to stop saying sorry because you keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, you don't mean sorry, Alan, really. No, you don't. <laughs> oh, it's my, my um, wicked sense of humor, I guess. Twisted, wicked, yeah. whatever. Twisted, yep. Yeah, twisted. You know, and, yeah. when you're talking about that with doctors, um, and that's another thing I, I will lead workshops or talk to people about is your, your doctor is a tool. You know, they, mm. they do. They do have more knowledge and stuff, but the reality is, is that it's you need to mark are you laughing <laughs> <laughs> you know what are you not taking me serious because i'm a woman nope yeah. right, yeah. it's, it's one of those translation problems <laughs> anyway but but really doctors are a tool and i think i talk to a lot of different people and i tell them take the information in, but then also be responsible to go learn about it as well, you know, yeah. and try to empower yourself. That's, that's what I talk a lot about when I'm speaking. I talk about being hopeful when you get a diagnosis, uh, empower yourself with it and educate yourself about it. Don't just sit there and wait for someone to quote unquote, fix you. Cause you'll be waiting yeah. a long time. Okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> no, you look scary now. I can be uh, if I need Mary. Mark, you better be careful now. You're in trouble. Oh. Honestly, I'm having a blast. I haven't had this much fun. <laughs> I, I'm always in trouble, mate. That makes the two of us. So what was it off the record? You, what was that 
Well, we'll come to that afterwards. <laughs> okay. Uh, going back to um, to serious business. Okay. Um, speaking engagements. Uh, you did mention that you're going to have a couple of talks coming up soon. Can you expound on that? I have. I, I'm speaking at Dell Children's Center to uh, parents um, on. Uh, the 12th of June next week about uh, raising a child with epilepsy. And then I'm also speaking at KetoCon on the 17th. So KetoCon's the 15th to the 17th here in Austin um, next week. So that's June. And I will be speaking um, on the topic of healing in the kitchen. So I'll be talking about my process of how I basically healed um, with by food. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of July, there's Low Carb um, USA in San Diego, and I'll be speaking there in a breakout session where I talk about how I took my struggle of my diagnosis and turned it into an empowerment and how it became my passion. Excellent. So, yeah. That's great. You're famous. I wouldn't say that. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. But, okay. But it is pretty awesome. It's It feels real great to be able to take something that was so hard and turn it into something so positive. No, no, we, we can absolutely tell you that you're passionate about what, that subject and you should. You, I mean, it's your story and it's um, important to get it around. So hopefully the show will help with that. Yeah, definitely. So my next question, my last question okay. before um, Mark, uh, hard-hitting questions. Where can... <laughs> Where can we find information about your services and your, by the way, I want to, I would like to attend the Dell um, uh, talk because I'm always open to learning more. Okay. Uh, is that an open session or is that only for parents? I, um, I'm not sure. I could do, I could check into that. I mean, definitely get back on you with that. Okay. Yeah. I would be very uh, curious to hear what you have to say on, on that subject, actually. Okay. So. Um, so people can find me um, at jadenelson.net. That's my website. And then you can find me also on Instagram and Facebook. And it's at the train inside me is my, um, my handle on both of those. So people can find me there. So you have handles. Handles. Oh, well, that's what people handles. call them. You know, that's what the oh. young, young people call them. The and, handles. Yeah. Young people. Yeah. You're such an old lady. Oh, I'm not talking about you, not me. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, I see. Well, I have, I have handles. I, I, have, I have handles. Um, okay. But we'll stay clean. This is a family show. Okay, it's a family show. <laughs> All right. So, Mark? Yeah, um, I'm going to start with something very difficult. Um, where did the fat-fueled mafia get its name from? Apart from being fat-fueled, of course. Okay, um, it's my friend Jennifer and I created it. Um, we found each other on social media. We met at a, at a coffee house and she wasn't crazy and she didn't think I was crazy. And then we just randomly came up with that name. She's the one that was like, how about the, because I, I kept saying mafia and different things. She's like, how about the fat fuel mafia? And that's how we came up with it. It was pretty simple. Um, and it, everybody seems to love it and everybody laughs when they um 
<laughs> it's a memorable name, isn't it? It's this face. Yeah. And, and, and I ha on Instagram, uh, there's the Fat Fuel Mafia is our group, and we post whatever we're doing and activities we're doing here in Austin. So, yeah. Super job. Super job. Um, I'm trying to read my own writing here. Um, it's a trouble when you write while you're, while you're giggling to yourself. Um, you said earlier, you said you, you, you also recommend a modified Atkins approach to, to a diet. How, how does that differ from, let's say, as that typically meal? allows people more carbohydrates right. than a keto because a typical keto diet is, is about 20 grams of carbohydrates. Some, some people less than yeah. that, but with a modified Atkins one, it's sometimes, 30 to 50 grams of carbohydrates. And also they allow different foods. Like I've seen people on modified Atkins eat beans and different things like that, but people on keto don't eat. Yeah. So there are different carbohydrates that are allowed basically. Hmm. And the fat intake is a little less. So. Okay. Okay. That, that's, uh, that's fairly, fairly clear. I think yeah, you shouldn't eat beans if you don't want to affect the atmosphere. Yeah, I know. You're all... <laughs> well, I don't eat beans, so I don't have that problem. No, no we don't want to contribute to global warming. <laughs> or just the simple fact of clearing a room is pretty embarrassing. Yeah, this is very true. That could be, that could be helpful, actually, in some cases. It, it, could, be. it could be. Um <laughs> Next like, question, Mark. Back to, the, back to the sort of the <laughs> subject in hand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you, I mean, you, you said earlier when you switched to the uh, to it to the keto diet uh -huh. that your uh, what you ate drastically changed. Uh -huh. Did you find also that the quantity of food that you ate also went down? Yeah, it definitely did. I was still cooking like I was eating a lot. So there was all this food always left over. Um, I went from eating four and five times a day to twice, hmm. <laughs> not feeling hungry half the time. In the beginning, I felt starving a lot and it took a while to fi figure things out. But yeah, the quantity went down and that means the grocery bill went down. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's something a lot of people say, you know, sort of the paleo diet, the low-carb diet is so expensive because it's got lots of meat in it, but it's not true, is it really? It's not true. It only becomes expensive when you start buying all of those products. I mean, yeah. products have their purpose, and I have things I like to use personally, but when you're buying everything because it says paleo or because it says keto, that can get expensive. Hmm. So, yeah. But uh, just natural ingredients – bolt as raw as possible and as yes. clean as possible they're not expensive definitely. yeah definitely that's very true 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 and and the other thing i just want to sort of come come at is that um getting fatty meats can sometimes be a bit, bit of a problem um, yes it can how, how have um, you overcome that i actually have um I'm in Texas and we, it's beef country and, <laughs> and uh, I actually buy uh, about 30 pounds of meat every, I don't know, six, seven months. And I get to pick exactly what cuts I want. And so that's been great. So I pick all of the fattiest um, cuts of meat um, basically, or if I can't do that and I'm eating 
other things that aren't beef. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I eat a lot of pork belly and I buy that in huge flats at Costco. Mm-hmm. And then um, if I do do chicken, which is very rare, it has the skin on it. Right. Yeah, that's how I do it. As, as long as all of the sauces are clean, that's, uh, that's the problem. Um, um, yeah. Pers- like, personally, I love bison, but bison is, uh, has less fat content. It does. Than, than the average beef. But on the other hand, if you compare a typical grass-fed beef compared to a commercial, like industrial beef, yep. which is fed with genetically engineered corn and soy and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. they are fattier, but the quality of the fat is bad for you. It's omega-6 and it's genetically engineered. So yes. uh, you need to avoid that. Yeah, and that's why the, where I get my meat, it's all from grass-fed cows. Um, here in Texas and um, sometimes we can't always get everything that's the tough thing but you can you do the best I tell people do the best that you can Hmm. can you share the name of that supplier or is it a Uh, secret you want to keep to yourself I think it's called the Odom uh, Beef Girls they're on um, O-D-E-M I believe it is they're on social media I met them at a networking event and they actually didn't always supply beef but they 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 did it for, they started doing it. So it's been great, but I don't know if you do show note links or anything. Yeah, we can put that always, in the links. Yeah, I can get that for you guys. So people Please, have yeah. that. That would yeah. be ideal. Super jobby. So obviously having, having moved over to a keto diet, it's mm-hmm. um, changed your life. Um, how would you suggest that anybody who wants to try it gets into it? You know, what would be the easy steps for them to, to start moving into doing a keto type of diet? Well, I always encourage people to read Keto Clarity. It actually is a really great book by Jimmy Moore. That was the first one I read. But if they were to simply just start making simple changes, I tell people to shop on the outside of the grocery store, um, stop buying anything packaged, and start reading the ingredients on the back of everything and start limiting your sugar. so I tell people to stick to meats and vegetables and, and then I give them a li- or I tell them a list of healthier fats to add to it. Olive oil, butter, you know, swap out your milk for cream, things like that. Yeah. So simple, small changes. I tell people try not to go like crazy and jump into it, but just start making the simple changes because we make smaller changes. We're more able to stick to them. So right, this is right. the problem or is you can uh, get my ebook too. <laughs> Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say that, which is uh, typically when you tell that to people, they freak out. It's like they don't know where to start, and mm-hmm. and also they don't know how to cook it. They they say, oh, yeah. that sounds like too complicated. So, does your book come with recipes? Yes, it does. Okay. It has some of my favorite recipes. It comes with a how I stock my pantry, so they know what to buy. So that that's in there too. Those kind of things. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So what, what's your website again so we can make sure that people can Yeah, it's jadenelson.net. So that'll have everything that anybody wants to know <laughs> right there. Excellent. Hopefully not too much. It's not too overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> you just like to pick on people. He does. Uh, he does. I'm, I'm a teaser. You are. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a taser. I'm a teaser. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a bad one. 
That was that was a really yeah, bad was, dad joke. That was that yeah, was a that really bad dad yeah. joke. That's what my son calls Papa's jokes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, bad puns and things. Then like you that. would get along with my husband very well. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's something in you that uh, that brings out the worst in me. <laughs> oh great! I bring out the worst in you. <laughs> the the worst the worst um, punster. <laughs> the worst puns, yes, okay. All right. Anyway, I think we better do the close, Alan, while you can, you know. Well, I'm still alive. Well, you're still alive, yes. Well, if I could actually reach through this, yeah, it might be a different yeah. story. Yeah. Remem remember, <laughs> Jade is local. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> well, she, she doesn't, well, she almost does know where I live, but. Yeah. I know you really. didn't want to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a secret. I don't want you to stalk me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> move, moving along. I want to add anything. Was there anything else we forgot to address? Not on my end. I just want everybody to know that you have the power to heal yourself. Good, good. Excellent stuff. Um, on that, we'll close. And uh, thank you again, Jade, for being on the Local Paleo Show. And as we say in Texas, a votre santé, y'all. You hear that everywhere in Texas, don't you, Jade? No. 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 It's a Texas-French thing. Well, then enlighten me, because I was like, when you said that, I was like, I don't know what he's talking about, yes. but I'm not a Texan. A, a, a votre santé is French. Mm -hmm. It says to your health. It means to your health. Ah. Oh. And y'all is the Texas thing. Yeah, y'all is a Texas thing. Y'all. Yeah, so, <laughs> so being a Texan French, because technically...